0: Happy 2021, everybody. It's Michelle back to chat to you again for another year. We're going to make Just Michelle Talking this year just as fun as interesting as hopefully it was last year. I certainly had a good time recording and coming up with things I wanted to talk about. And I have to say, I've been really surprised at the beautiful feedback that I've gotten from so many people, work colleagues, random friends of friends, all kinds of people have reached out and have said that they... Enjoyed the podcast and that they're quite liking what's happening here and are just having a good time listening, which is the point. And the feedback keeps coming in that it feels like you and I are just having a conversation and having a bit of a chat. And it feels like what it might feel like if you and I were hanging out in real life. And I have to say that that is true. I pretty much chat on this podcast as I would chat in real life, I don't worry too much about being formal or fancy or whatever. But I will tell you that if you and I were sitting and having a chat in real life and we were in a cafe, I'm highly likely to be the one who just ordered a iced chai or a latte and put like five sugars in it. And definitely I'm ordering a cookie. And if I get a choice, then I'm probably going to have the cookie with the M&Ms or Smarties in it uh, or maybe the gingerbread man. I feel no shame about the fact that I'm an adult who likes milk and cookies. You know, I think milk and cookies are life, really. And so uh, I'm happy with that. (laughs) So if you and I are hanging out and you're listening to this, feel free to go and get yourself a warm drink or a cold drink if you're broiling in Australia as I currently am. And let's just hang out and, and let's just have a chat and let's just allow this year's podcast to be the same as last year. A good, warm, friendly chat about The kinds of things that I'm thinking about, and maybe they'll cause you to think about those things too. I think this year it's, as I record this, it's uh, just about the end, nearly the end of January. And I'm really noticing an interesting trend of the people around me, which is that so many people felt that the new year would dawn on January 1st and suddenly life would just be easier and simpler. And we would all somehow be through the ravages of this pandemic. And living a life that was just a lot happier in general. And I have to say that while that is partially true in countries like my own, where we no longer have to wear masks, and, and we sat through six months of pretty intense lockdown, that's not true for countries like the United States, who are just kind of getting a plan together for vaccination and for masks and things. And it's certainly not true in Europe, where every day they are losing more and more and more people. As I record this, the world at large has lost more than 2 million people to this situation. And that's, that's pretty scary. And I think we all kind of hoped we'd wake up and this thing would all go away or maybe it would just ease a little bit and that hasn't happened. And so as a result, what I'm finding is that there's a sense of um, – I don't know. Sadness is not the right word, but kind of a sense of like, I I just can't seem to get my shit together sort of feeling. And I've heard it from colleagues. I've heard it from friends. I've heard it from family members. And I think for those of us who are still in the grip of this experience, that makes perfect sense, right? It's a little hard to feel like you're getting your act together if things around you are chaotic or upsetting. And in the US, of course, that's true politically, not just from a, a, a pandemic point of view. But for those of us in countries where this thing has has largely been curbed or as it's on its way to being curbed, I think we're feeling that way because we're in the process of processing that trauma that we all lived through. Now, for many people, myself included, it was not a bad year. In fact, in many ways, it was a great year. But that doesn't mean that we're not still mentally processing the experience that was. And so we're feeling a bit like, oh, I can't get on top of things. I can't sort of get my engine started for this year. I can't kind of get into the groove of work. Because I think there's still so much mental work to be done around dealing with what we've lived in. And and we're surrounded by news of of loss and upset and frustration and It's really hard to look at our lives where we are basically free to, you know, run around without a mask and have a good time with our friends. And yet we're watching videos or reading news reports of how that's not the case for people we love. And we're still dealing with the after effects of it too. I still can't leave this country to go and see my family. There's so many things that we're still dealing with. And I think we need to leave time and space for us mentally to process all that we've been through in the last year. Now, by the way, I should say that I think that that's true, whether the year past has been a good one or a, or a terrible one or something in between. I think we're colossally terrible at this. We kind of get towards the end of the year and the end of the year dawns ever closer and it goes like faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. And we're like, Oh, I just can't wait to get to the end of the year. Oh, I just can't wait to get to the end of the year. Oh, I just can't wait to get to the end of the year. And then we get there and we have the holiday celebrations and new years. And hopefully we have a time to go on vacation a little bit or, or at least just take a bit of time out from our commitments. But there's very little period of reflection. It's like we're spending the end of December thinking about what are my resolutions for next year? What do I want to get done next year? And then we start, you know, January 1st or 2nd off with a bang, expecting that all of life is suddenly going to just, you know, hit hit the ground running. And we don't spend a huge amount of time in the reflection space of the year that was, and, you know, how we dealt with things and what we think about things and how we feel about things. And we really spend very little time in reflection. And I'm somebody who, by the way, is, is somewhat terrible about this, or at least I used to be terrible about this. I used to be constantly in go mode and in go fast mode. And so I never stopped to think about, well, how did, how did I feel about that? How was that? And today's episode is for me an interesting mix of reflection and also looking forward into what I want to do next. So I'm going to be in a little bit of go slow mode today and a little bit of go fast mode all at the same time, but this will all make sense in a moment. So many of you who live in the space of spirituality or even just in the space of social media will have heard of this concept of the word of the year. Word of the year is something that I have personally done... Gosh, I, I think I did it like sometime when my kids were like quite small-ish, but then sort of it was a bit half-assed. I just have done it for as long as I can remember doing it or as soon as I knew it was a thing. So maybe in like the early 10s, I don't know, some somewhere around like 2010 I feel like is when I started doing this. So a solid 10 years or so oh, I've been doing it. And the idea behind a word of the year is that rather than choose a um, – very defined goal like a resolution is which you know you're then going to fail at five seconds later instead you choose a year a word for your a year for your word nice michelle a word for your year that sort of acts as a guiding theme or a guiding principle so you pick a word or sometimes i've picked phrases and the idea is that you kind of hold space for that phrase or that word and you make your decisions of your year and you guide your year in that direction And over the years, I have found this has kind of had mixed success. And by that, I mean, in the early years, I'd get all excited about doing this. I would like sit down with worksheets and I'd work out my word of the year and blah, 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 blah. And it'd be my word. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, wait, what was my word meant to be again? And yet in more recent years, I find that I pick my word of the year and I really do hold that space. And I've gotten a lot better at setting anchors. So it's, you know, the wallpaper on my phone, which why do we call it wallpaper if it's a phone? Should it be like phone paper? Anyway, um, so I put it as, as the paper. And also, why is it paper? It's a digital. Okay. I can't go down that road. So I'll I'll make a note of it in my phone. I'll often write it down in a journal and sort of flesh out a little bit what I mean by that word. And I found that in recent years, it's a lot more useful a tool for me because when I'm stuck in a decision-making process or when I sort of think, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I can kind of come back to that word of the year and go, actually, that really fits in with what I wanted my year to be like this year. And in the beginning, like I said, I used worksheets and I should give credit here to Christine Kane, who is a business coach and mentor in the United States, who she's the person who originally taught me about this. I've since read that the word of the year was invented by Elizabeth Gilbert, but the truth is I don't know anymore. I don't know who invented it or whatever. I know that I found it via Christine Kane and I found it because she had a downloadable worksheet. Um, I'm nothing if not a homework doer that would help you figure that out. But I think there's a lot of tools out there to help you work this out. I no longer use a tool. So somewhere around the beginning of December, I just start that reflection process. I think about what the last year was like. I think about what I want my next year to be. And I really endeavor to just work on processing all that was and all that has been and think about what I want to be and what I want to come forward from here. And I will find that usually a couple of words or phrases will pop into my head and then they become like really irritating Facebook friends insofar as like they won't leave you alone and they're constantly in your feed. And I'll find that as the month of December rolls onward one of those phrases or one of those words will really just constantly stick in my head or it'll constantly appear like i'll constantly see it in written form when i'm reading an article or i'll see it on a billboard or something and i kind of get the impression okay this word does not want to be left alone this must be the one that i need to pick up as my word of the year for next year and once I've picked it, like I said, it becomes the, the screensaver, whatever, wallpaper, on my phone, I'll write it down in a journal, I'll often write it in other places, like I'll put it on a sticky note and put it on my computer monitor, and I surround myself with that word, and it really does become a guiding principle. So for today's episode, I thought I would share with you some of my ones from past years, as a moment of reflection for me, not going to lie, and as a moment of perhaps inspiration for you if this is something that you would like to do. Now, I've mentioned this word of the year thing to friends loads of times. They've heard me talk about it a lot. And some of them take it on board. Others of them kind of laugh at me and like, yeah, yeah, Michelle, you and your woo-woo crap, whatever. And other people, I think, um, yeah, really embrace it. So, you know, if this suits you, great. And if it doesn't suit you, also okay. I just thought I'd mention it as an alternative to perhaps setting goals that are difficult to achieve and then you spend yourself beating up about them. They're not that great. I have a journal which, um, and I'm not a journaler, I should say, like, I'm not a regular journaler, but I have a journal that a friend gave me. And if I turn to the very first page of this journal, because it's it's in front of me, um, I actually, literally the very first page is, 2013 and it has the word it has the word reflection as my word of the year. Let me tell you something. I pulled out this journal because I knew that I had some word of the years written in it. But prior to this podcast, I have not read these. I've not read them out loud, I've not looked back at them. So I can't say that I know what they say or that I've planned this podcast. I haven't really. I just thought I'd read you some of my old words and see what old Michelle thought and then maybe we can talk about what this year's word is. So let's start with this. And I should say 2013 is about, and I know I did it before then too, but I didn't obviously write write it down. Uh, That was about the time that I was pretty much in the middle of a very woo woo exploration stage. I didn't know much about it. I wanted to know more about it. It was kind of becoming a bigger part of my life around then. So in 2013, my word of the year was reflection And I just wrote some phrases or words and I'm going to share those with you. So it said inspiration and aspiration, perspective, gratitude, breathing, living and doing more but exhausted less, family activities, thriving, not just surviving, feeling blessed but not stressed, planning for real time out, planning for what's next but putting faith in the plan. Focusing on what can be, what has been, and what the bigger purpose is. And at the bottom, I have this question, what changes can I make in me to get a better outcome? And then the last word I have here is faith, which is underlined. So this is, I read this and I go, oh yeah, this was like baby woo-woo Michelle, because this is a lot of kind of like catchphrases and words that I clearly read or heard other places, but they spoke to me for whatever reason. And that year was all about reflection. You know, what, how can I improve me to make things better? Instead of looking to external forces, how can I really look forward? forward and ask myself, or sorry, inward rather, and ask myself, what can I do? What changes can I make to get a better outcome? And I thought this one phrase was really interesting, living and doing more, but exhausted less, which kind of implies that at the time I felt that there were a lot of things that were kind of sapping or sucking my energy and perhaps demanding more of me than I wanted to give. And so it's interesting that that's the word I picked, like reflection and looking inwards and kind of thinking about that stuff. Now I don't know what my word of the year for 2014 is because it's not written here, so I can't share that one. But word of the year 2015, which according to this I wrote on the 22nd of December of 2014, was release. So the phrases that I wrote below it were release of self-limiting beliefs, release of fear. Release the hold that money has on me. Release beautiful, useful things into the world. Articles, products, talks, events. And release others who do not lift me up or serve me. And at the bottom I've written, release and share joy. And I've underlined it twice. So this is also an interesting one because I talk about releasing negative things like releasing fear and self-limiting beliefs, but I talk about releasing as in putting more out into the world. So this is super fascinating to me that the Michelle of 2015 was thinking about letting go of that which does not serve me, but also putting out more of which serves others others right releasing beautiful useful things into the world so i was letting go of the thoughts and the people who don't serve me but i was also putting out and that form of releasing letting go the good stuff that was in my head and putting it out into the world in a much much bigger way And these, by the way, originally, the the ones that I just looked at, is literally just words on a page. There's nothing special about them. But if I can give you a little bit of a spoiler alert, it's that these days when I do it, I actually use markers and stickers and I, like, make a much bigger deal of it. So at that time, I was obviously just kind of, like, easing into this kind of thing, right? And so... I'm a little bit, the, the next one that I'm going to read to you is Word of the Year 2016, so a year later. And I'm a little bit kind of disappointed in this one, but anyway. So Word of the Year 2015 was release. Word of the Year 2016 was ease. And this one I wrote January 8th, 2016. And I actually um, cut out a piece from a, a magazine which said Adventures Ahead. So 2016 ease. Uh, you can kind of read some interesting things into this. L- like I said, I have not read this before reading this to you. So I'm looking at the paper going, whoa, that was weird. Whoa. What's I thinking? Anyway, here we go. Ease 2016. Abundance comes to me with ease. The- actually right there. You can read that spirituality, woo-ness, money, whatever, was becoming a bigger part of my life because I use a word like abundance, which is a perfectly good word. I quite like it. But it's a word that I think you really only hear these days in that space of like the secret and stuff, right? Abundance. It's not a word I think we use in daily life. Okay, maybe we should. Abundance comes to me with ease. Money flows into my accounts with ease. Clearly, I didn't do very well at releasing the whole money has on me. I get fitter and I lose weight with ease. My relationship with my now ex-husband moves forward with ease. My emotional health improves with ease. I live a drama-free life with ease. And at the end of this, I've written, and so it shall be universe with love and gratitude. And then I've signed it, Michelle. So I think what this tells me is that obviously in 2015, while my word of the year then was release, I think I got to the end of 2015 and I didn't do that. I didn't manage to release things because to me, the word ease, doing this with ease, doing that with ease, doing the other with ease kind of sounds like I spent 2015 under a lot of burden or a lot of exhaustion maybe. And around then was when my marriage was struggling, the kids were in high school, the business was kind of changing tack a little bit i was teaching a lot i was traveling a lot and i think i was finding life somewhat burdensome so picking ease as the word of the year for 2016 i think was almost a hopeful word of the year like i hope i can do these things with less drama with less exhaustion with with less effort in a way um as is probably obvious by now, for those of you who've been listening for a while, I'm a fairly intense person. So I tend to do things with high energy, with high intensity. I'm not really good at like chillaxing and rolling with it. I'm not going to lie. Like I've gotten a lot better at that, but it's certainly not my default. My, my default is really not like, yeah, what ifs. I'm just, it's not my thing, right? I'm the list maker. I'm the thinker. I'm the doer. And so it's interesting to me that in 2016, I was picking the word ease because obviously I was finding the burden of that just really, really hard, you know? So uh, hopefully I lived that life with ease and we move on to 2017. Now in 2017, I started to read a lot from an author called Ramit Sethi, which I think I've actually mentioned on this podcast before, but he's a financial advisor, guru, whatever. And Ramit's book is called How to I think it's I think it's called I Will Teach You How to Be Rich, which sounds so freaking spammy and cheesy, but it's it's actually not. It's it's a fairly solid book about basically how to organize your life in a in a financially responsible way and like how to save money on bills and stuff. So it's it's a bit of a funny one. But he often talks about something called the rich life. So he says that we all approach finances and, and I'm really heavily paraphrasing his work here, but he says that a lot of us spend our time denying ourselves the life we want. And instead of, wondering you know should i drink one less latte a week because one less latte is three dollars times you know a month is twelve dollars and that's so many dollars a month and whatever instead of looking for how we can take things away from our lives we should look for how we can add things so you know can you pick up a side hustle that brings more money in so he's he basically says stop worrying about spending less and instead use your focus on earning more and of course, he then sells you a whole bunch of classes to make that possible. Uh, but that, that's his basic premise. And his, his other premise is how you spend your money is your business and your business only, but that you really should look very closely at your life and think about spending extravagantly on the stuff that matters to you and you care about and spending very little, if nothing, on the stuff you simply don't care about. And that's something I've always believed in. And it's something I've taught my students a lot in, in the years, which is that ultimately your product is irrelevant unless your customers both see and want the value and customer perception and customer desire will matter significantly more in the course of your business than what you think. So I used to kind of half jokingly say, I couldn't afford my own cakes even if I wanted to. And secondly, even if I could afford them, the idea of spending like $300 on a kid's birthday cake is laughable to me. A, because I can make it myself. But even if I couldn't, like I'm over there at the grocery store buying something with, you know, I don't know, buttercream balloons on it for like $19.99 going like, happy birthday kid, right? I just, it's not something I think of as important. It's not something I would spend my money on. However, and I'm sure I have mentioned before the pasta example on this podcast, because I don't like pasta. I dislike it immensely. Sorry, pasta eaters. So when I go to buy pasta, I am buying pretty much like the 39 cent bag. I'm buying the cheapest, just whatever one I can. Because in my head, I'm like, seriously, pasta is flour and water, what ifs? Whereas there are people who really love it, who'll be making it themselves with organic eggs that were laid by fairies in Munchkinland or... You know, they're buying the homemade kind that like lasts 20 seconds and, you know, ravioli filled with duck and I don't know, ground up beetles or something or whatever. And, and that's not me. And so that concept that Ramit has that you spend lavishly on what you care about and spend very frugally on what you don't care about is one that really, really, really resonates with me. And he talks about this concept of having a rich life uh, where a rich life is a life that's rich in the things you want to have. And I've spoken on this podcast about the turn left life and being able to, you know, always fly business class or first class. And that to me is something I will travel generally. I will spend extravagantly on pasta. Yeah. Get fucked. That's not going to happen. So in 2017, clearly influenced by Ramit, my word of the year was actually a phrase and the phrase was rich life. But then I gave it a definition and I said, My 2017 word of the year is rich life where living a rich life means a life filled with love. So loving and being loved a life filled with wealth, literally an abundance of money, a life in pursuit, a life lived in pursuit of joy, knowledge, and adventure. A life lived in optimum physical and mental health, a life shared with my family and a life of fantastic adventures and experiences. This year was all about Michelle having itchy feet and wanting to get out there and travel and do more and live more and see more and be more. 2017, coincidentally, is the year that I planned big travel. I did loads of teaching all over the world. I went and did a bunch of crazy travel stuff I went in pursuit of joy I went in pursuit of knowledge I went in pursuit of adventure my health was pretty good I you know I did all this stuff and I think this rich life thing is a reflection of okay. I've spent all these years struggling, 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 exhausted, 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 burden, 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 burden. It's now time to live this rich life, this life of freedom, this life of fun, this life of excitement. And I am very much a say yes person and an optimist. I don't think about what I don't have. I think about what I do have. If somebody says, hey, want to do this? I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do this. If somebody says, hey, want to do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so that rich life was a year of indulgence as well. I was indulging in all sorts of amazing things, yeah? And so maybe it's no surprise that the 2018 word of the year, which by the way is now written in rainbow pens uh, and quite nice calligraphy, says word of the year 2018 Was healthy. Healthy body, which means moving often and eating well. Healthy mind, which means positive thinking and happy energy. Healthy choices, how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, where I spend my time. Making choices based on my health. And I'm gonna stop there for a second. I actually wish we all did this. I wish we all made healthy choices based on our health. Is this a good choice for me physically? Is this a good choice for me mentally? And that concept of making a healthy choice of how I spend my time, who I spend it with, where I spend it with, that's huge. How often do we make choices that are not healthy, but we feel some sort of like bizarre societal obligation thing, you know? Healthy bank balance, that one's pretty obvious. And here's the bit I like the best. If you split the word healthy, you get heal thy, as in heal thyself. And so the last entry for the 2018 word of the year of healthy, it says heal thy. I am the only one responsible for this healthy life. And then I wrote, let it be so, January 15th. 2018 and I signed it. How freaking fascinating is that? A very much awareness that this is only me who can do this and only me who's responsible for this. Now, it doesn't mean that I can't reach out for help. It doesn't mean that I won't need help. It doesn't mean that I, that, that healthy it means alone, right? That's not what that means. It's just saying I'm the only one responsible for this. So if I fail in this endeavor, I can't really go blaming a bunch of other people like, Oh, because so-and-so didn't do this. I didn't do that. Yeah. 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 Right. Really not, not a thing there. So healthy was a great choice of word. And, and also I think a reflection of that indulgent life that I'd lived. not that it was bad by any means, but it was kind of full on, you know, like I led this life where I was running around eating what I wanted, traveling what I wanted, basically going cuckoo in the nicest way possible. (laughs) But then I needed to work on my health and I can tell you that it didn't work because I'm now looking at the 2019 word of the year, which, uh, yeah. So, you know, interesting, right? I said at the beginning of this episode that some years that were, worked really well and directed my life Other years, I just forgot about it five minutes in. I think what I'm learning here is there are some years where I hung on to that word and I used it, but I just struggle to actually have it represent my life properly. I I wanted this thing to happen, whatever it was, healthy, rich life, whatever. And some years I managed it beautifully. And other years it was like, pow, pow, crash and burn. So maybe that's where this one comes. So in... Now, this time, I have pictures that I've cut out and stuff, so it gets even fancier. I was going to say sexier. Is that a thing? Is your own journal becoming sexier a thing? No, we're going to go fancier. All right. The word of the year for 2019 was phoenix, which actually is an animal, mythical creature that I've always had a bit of an affinity for, the phoenix. I love that idea of of rebirth and regrowth. So it says phoenix, 2019. And the very first word on the page is Rebirth. After a very destabilizing 2018, where it felt that so much crashed and burned, my marriage, my business, my mental health, it's time to rise anew. 2019 is a time of strength, renewal, hope, belief, new experiences. The past matters because it brought me here, but now it's time to begin again. This is a time of happy, a time of amazing, a time of abundant growth, a time of change, renewal, Development, new life, love, strength, and abundance. What's really fascinating about this is that I wrote this at some point in in, in early 2019, after I went to Antarctica, met my new partner, uh, officially was separated, um, changed businesses altogether, started looking for work, and decided to go back to working for other people. I guess 2018 sucked, <laughs> but I decided that 2019 wasn't going to. And actually the word Phoenix helped me that year a lot. The kids actually that year uh, for my birthday bought me a beautiful Phoenix pendant, which I actually carry with me every day in my handbag. I have a picture of a Phoenix next to my office desk that I can look at every day. In fact, do look at every day. That, that word actually stuck with me. And it's interesting that I, I wonder... Now that I'm reading all these again, I wonder how many of these words stuck with me, like I wonder how many of them remained somewhere in my soul or somewhere in my heart, and kind of still direct the days of my life, even though they are not the active word of the year because if you think about it right, reflection and phoenix and um, rich life and you know all these all those ones those are still things I strive towards and ease those are still things I strive towards and still things that are important to me in, in how I live my life. So I wonder if, even if a word of the year doesn't necessarily work, you know, quote unquote work or doesn't necessarily resonate or doesn't necessarily come to fruition in that year. I wonder if that concept stays somewhere inside of you and kind of ends up as a, a guiding force in a quiet way. I wonder if, if that happens. So as we hurtle our way towards the present in Michelle's journal, we get to 2020, which, as we all know, was a little bit of a different year than we thought. But I think the Michelle at the end of 2019 must have had a little bit of a premonition. Because I said, 2020 is all about having faith. And the official word of the year It's written here actually as faith, but I didn't actually use that. I used patience and faith. And that was the expression that I use. Uh, You guys have heard me talk about it. So patience and faith. And here's what I had to say about that. I have patience and faith in my ability to figure stuff out, in my ability to thrive on my own, in the universe always conspiring for me to succeed. I have faith in my own resilience and strength, I have faith that the plan that's meant to be is always unfolding as it should. I have faith in my own judgment and I have faith that my life is abundant and becomes more so every year. And then at the bottom of the page, I wrote universe, we got this. And I signed it with my name and a very cute little silver love heart sticker. Gosh, I wish we all had this kind of faith. I wish we all had faith in our ability to figure stuff out. I wish we all knew and believed that we, had, we could thrive on our own. I wish we all had faith that the universe was conspiring for us to succeed. And we had faith in our own resilience and strength. And that the plan that's meant to be is always unfolding as it should. And I wish we all had faith in our own judgment, right? And that our lives are already so incredibly abundant and become more so every year, and patience and faith was a heck of a good expression to have for 2020 because i had to have patience and faith that my partner would make it into australia that we would overcome this terrible pandemic that i would be okay with going back to work full time i went back to work full time this year that i was going to figure stuff out that You know, I have been raising the kids on my own now for quite a while. Their dad exists and is part of their life, don't get me wrong, but from a day-to-day basis, um, it's me who holds space for them, both physically in my arms and emotionally in my heart. And that's a big responsibility. And so this year in particular, I had to have patience and faith that it was all going to work out, that they were going to be okay, that I was going to be okay, that we were going to figure stuff out, right? We all this past year have, to had, have had to have enormous amounts of patience and faith in ourselves, in each other, in science, in democracy prevailing, in so much. And so I wonder if patience and faith are things that we all have to learn, right? And we all need to keep with us. So several times uh, during the last year, I would laugh about that whole patience and faith thing. Like you had a nice one, Michelle, good choice. Now you wrecked it for everybody else. But in reality, I don't think I could have picked a better phrase or word of the year. I think we all needed that patience and we all needed that faith and we still need it. And when I say faith, by the way, I think for some people that could be a religious context. But for me, when I talk about faith, it's more like self-belief, like knowing it's going to be okay. Everything is figure outable, It's all that, that kind of space, right? And so we come forward to 2021. And I just did this actually like two days ago. I've known my word since um, December, but I only really had time to sit down a little while ago and write it down. And so I did. So my 2021 word of the year is upgrade. A word that has been, I told you, sticking in my head, like will not leave, right? But this year I picked a word that's a little bit more literal so I'm gonna read to you what I wrote. So I said 2021 upgrade. My living, so fix up my house, etc. My thinking. I'm gonna upgrade my thinking. I wanna listen more and talk less. Ironic for a podcast that's called just Michelle Talking, but I'm gonna have to work on that a little. My career, so leadership, career change, more responsibility at work, whatever. My relationship, so my very, very amazing partner has finally made it into Australia, which is super exciting. But now I need to figure out what it's like to be in a partnership with somebody different to the partnership that was, right? And then I've written, 2020 gave me the chance to make things really strong and solid. No debt, good health, resilience, good communication. Now is the time to build on that foundation, improve what I can, make plans for the future, take things to the next level. Not always big leaps, but consistent upgrades, building the life, love, and health that I want. And at the bottom I've written, and so it shall be, and I signed my name uh, in a green pen, So really interesting that I have chosen that this year be all about upgrading. And I think that that's only possible because of the years before it that were about having that reflection, about having that ease, about having that rich life, about being that phoenix. The phoenix rose from the ashes. The phoenix had patience and faith that it was all going to work out. And now the phoenix is like, okay, what can I improve from here? And so that for me is what 2021 is about. But I think it's interesting just to see that in a way I've been kind of upgrading my life as I go along and as things move forward, right? It's kind of been slowly, slowly, slowly moving in in a general direction, which I, th- I think sort of proves that these words of the year work in their own way. Maybe they work in a mysterious way. Maybe they don't necessarily help you stop smoking or lose 20 pounds or, I don't know, wave to your neighbors every day. But maybe they help you lead and create and build and Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like nurture that life that you're wanting to lead. And if you were paying attention, you would have noticed that almost every year I refer to my health, both mental and physical. I almost always refer to my financial health because that's something that's important to me. I also refer to communication, connection, other people, adventures. And when I think about the life that I've led so far, and I think about the life that I wanna lead in the future, those are all the things that are truly important to me love, health, relationships, communication, like those themes have basically repeated themselves every single year of these words of the year, because that's the stuff that's important to me. So if I can give you one last piece of advice, it's whether or not you choose to create a word of the year or you don't, I would suggest that you think about what's truly important to you in life and think about what you want to build in those days, because the days are going to pass regardless. So you might as well let them pass while creating this life that you want to live, right? And I realize that there's a part of me which feels a little bit guilty about being able to say that because I come from a position of privilege. But let me make you something very clear that I think even when we are struggling, through whatever means we are struggling. And even when we're in terrible situations, we can still think about the life we'd like to leave. Maybe at the moment we feel a bit powerless to making that thing happen, but we can still start to build a vision of the life it is that we want to lead. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I want to be a squillionaire. I'm talking more about the the themes that are important to you and the things that are important to you. Less about being a millionaire, more about living a rich life. You know, less about not being so tired and more about doing things with ease less about man last year sucked and this year will too. And more about this is the year of the Phoenix. So on that note, let me just say that it's been quite fun to go through this word of the year stuff with you. I really have not previously looked at these. So that was kind of an eye opener for me as well. And I'm looking to this year being that year of upgrade and all the different ways in which I can upgrade. And I I hope I hope your life and whatever direction you choose to make it in, I hope that that, you know, whatever direction you're going in, I hope it's the one that really resonates and fits with you. And it's the one that brings you to the life you're willing to lead. This year I'm planning on the podcast staying much the same as it did last year, just me talking. But if there's something you'd like me to talk about in specific, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to, to talk about it and tell you what I think. I've spent a lot of time taking notes and kind of, yeah, finding quotes and things that I think are interesting. And I think, yeah. Let's just see what happens, hey? Let's not worry too much about making this podcast uh, anything super dramatic. Let's just have a good time talking, communicating, hanging out with each other. And uh, don't forget if there's a second cookie, it's all mine. <laughs> all right, I might share it with you. Thanks so much for listening. I look forward to 2021 being a great year for all of us in whatever way we can make that possible. And just may we all be happy. May we all be healthy. May we all be safe and may we all be at peace.